What's going on, everybody? You're listening to I Think I Know Basketball on the Big Heads Media Network. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you engage with us on Twitter, Facebook, IG to continue the conversation and let us know what you think, because we think we know basketball. All right, man. So we're going to talk a lot about um, a team we've had our eye on for the, the past couple of weeks that you know could be about to take everything over. But it's the only it's the only team that matters right now, apparently. Yeah, but but first, I want to talk about the the, the big news, the big injury news from this weekend that almost had <laughs> to, to me almost had the NBA world standing still, which is that Joel Embiid, our MVP is going to be out for hey, hey, two hey, weeks. He's your, he's your MVP. He's your MVP. I thought I thought we both agreed that that he was looking like he was going to be the MVP. Now I want to know he, who your he MVP was. is. He was looking like that, but, I, but, but I've been watching my man Jokic, and, you know, it's looking it's looking like he could be MVP too. No, that no, that's fair because because when we talked about this, we we both had uh, Embiid and Jokic right up there together um, as as possibility. So no, that that that's fine. That is good with me. Um, and I'm just saying the only reason why you know and I, and I understand that this news had the NBA world on its on its heels. You know, a little shocked, like what's going to happen. But to me, this is one of the scenarios that I said could happen that would dictate whether or not Jokic would be able, be able to gain some steam and something like an injury, you know, here we are. Yeah, and you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, Embiid has that, you know, sort of injury-prone kind of label on him. You know, he, he missed so much time early in his career and, you know, he's, he's relatively been much more healthy in, in that the, seems in the like such years, a thing still of the miss past. time, you know. Yeah, but but, it, but it's like I'm sure that's gonna come up to people. It's just like, man, he could just never stay healthy for a full season, and like you know, we can never just put it all together. And it is unfortunate uh, because I really think that be, because of where because of where the the 76ers are in the standings, like they're still leading the Eastern Conference. They won last night in their first game. So it's a good sign, at least, that it didn't derail everything right off the bat. But obviously, you know, this this could be an interesting two weeks to see what kind of team the 76ers are without him. But man, I'm just glad it wasn't worse. So basically, it's like he he landed awkwardly on a dunk attempt. And when you hear somebody say like they hyperextended a knee or look like it got overly flexed or something like that when they land on the ground, it's like, oh, man, that does not sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. And he was down on the ground looking like he was in a lot of pain. It looked like the Sixers were like preparing themselves for the worst. You know, it was, it was it, it looked like, you know, it was, it was Pierce in the wheelchair kind of esque. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He was injured, he was down. He didn't come back into the game, but it looked it looked like it was bad and um I'm just happy that it's not as bad as it, it as it looked like it could be and that he's actually going to be back a lot sooner than people thought. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I will say this, you know, having had a hyperextended knee before, um, though it was a contact injury, you know, I, I had somebody hit me in football and stuff like that, but it is not fun. It makes you feel like you can't, you can't do anything like somebody shredded your knee. Thankfully, that's not the case right now. 
you know, we got, we got to hope that that's nothing worse. Um, but it, interestingly, it's like, he's not the only big injury news. We're still waiting on Anthony Davis to come back to the lineup. He's been out for quite a while. He has some Achilles issues and we've seen this before with one Kevin Durant, who we're going to be talking about here in a second, who's also out. He hasn't come back to the Nets lineup himself. You know, a couple of years ago in the playoffs when Kevin Durant was hurting and he came back, in my opinion, too early. You mean a year when he was in the back of the arena doing the um the heel toe and the mm-hmm. the, the the crip walk before the game? <laughs> and then went I, I out there and injured himself? That. that was a crazy oh foreshadow, fam. Like it's like every, time, every do- time I was like looking at his legs, like like jiggling or whatever, when he would when he would bring them back together, I was like, man. I, mean, I was, was probably at that, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh man, KD is back. You know what I'm saying? Like he looks like mm-hmm. he's he's ready to be out there. And then like second quarter or whatever it was in that game, he injures himself and snaps his ACL. It's like, oh my god. So I can completely understand, yeah. as you said why the Los Angeles Lakers have been taking their time with one Anthony Davis. You don't want to rush that guy coming back. Not only that, I mean, there was a lot of backlash with the Kevin Durant situation. You know what I'm saying? Um, Regardless of who handled it right, whether it was the Golden State Warriors or if it was Kevin Durant feeling like he needed to come back for his team, you can already tell that the Lakers and Anthony Davis are not trying to put themselves in that situation. So they are taking their time. And they, I mean, they don't need to rush him back. Yeah. And you know what? I, what I thought was interesting, though, team officials, team doctors have kind of said this isn't the case. But I'm looking towards Kevin Durant now. The, the, the staff doesn't think that his hamstring issues, uh, Kevin Durant's hamstring issues currently are impacted by the Achilles tear that he had a couple of years ago. That was on his right leg. But you know what can happen sometimes. Sometimes there can be compensation for, with one leg to another. And I feel like mm-hmm. that, was, that was something that happened a little bit with Derrick Rose when he was coming back from his knee injury. You know, he injured one knee, then he ended up uh, injuring his other knee. And they were talking about the fact that his opposite knee might have been a little bit weaker from, you know, kind of overtraining on the other one and kind of favoring it a little bit. Uh, I don't know that he came back too soon. Honestly, I think he came back too late. You know, doctors were saying he should have come back at the end of like that first full season of Mm. rehab, but then he, but he refused to do it. He waited until the following year. Then his conditioning was bad. Like, you know, he, his hamstrings were on fire and stuff like that. Honestly, I feel like with him, he should have come back when the doctor said he was supposed to come back. Instead, well, I Derek think he Rose, waited Derek long. Rose back then. That's what you're yeah, talking about, Derek Rose yeah. back then. Yeah. And you're comparing yeah, is, that to, to Kevin Durant now, saying that Kevin Durant may be in a similar situation? You know, just judging the way that he, by the way he's been moving around, the way that he's been playing, he seems like he's doing, he was doing just fine. You know, it's just a matter of like, I was just wondering if there's a little bit of an overcompensation issue. But again, the team doctors are saying that right now there's no reason to think that there is. It's just curious because it's like when you talk about a hamstring injury, you know, it's a little bit higher up the leg than what you would expect from like something with the calf where, you know, when you hear like a calf strain or like, yeah, something's not quite right with the calf, like your Achilles is is part of that whole complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like right there. yeah. So so maybe maybe it's not related, but I don't know. You just you just wonder um, at the same time. It's like, you know, in, in talking about, uh, you know, A.D. and all that. It's like he's you know, Katie is another one that they're taking their time with because obviously he just missed 
a whole season of basketball, you don't want him to miss any more time because this Nets team, like we might as well just get into it right now, man. This Nets team yeah. is unbelievable. All right. Um, so with, with Kevin Durant not in the game, he's been out for a few weeks now. Kyrie's been battling some shoulder injuries. He's been in and out. The Nets are still the number two team in the Eastern Conference right now. And that's kind of what I expected from them before they got James Harden. And it's exactly what I expected to see from them, if not them blowing past the Philadelphia 76ers, now that they have James Harden. But we got to talk about this roster and exactly what's going on and the new additions. And, and just to wrap up the Kevin Durant injury situation, the Nets are not in a rush to get him back either, clearly. They're in a nice spot right now, and they can coast as well. I don't think for the Nets or the Lakers, it really matters where they are in the standings right now, like going into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't think for those two teams, they're necessarily fighting for home court advantage and making sure that they put themselves in a situation. I mean, there's no fans anywhere, so whatever. I mean, some arenas are are starting to have fans back and and whatnot, but I don't think for the Nets and the Lakers, it really matters. So... With that being real, real said, real quick though, so so does Kevin Durant's injury concern you? No, not his injury doesn't worry me as much as Anthony Davis's injury does. Um, considering yeah. everything no, that I you agree. just said with Kevin Durant, I've been watching Kevin Durant this whole season. You've seen him game number one. You've seen him. I mean, every game he's played, he's been balling. I don't think it's going to slow him down or anything like that. Have any effect on his game? And I don't necessarily think that it's going to keep him out for the rest of the season or have him miss games in the playoffs. You know, as I'm thinking about it, Kevin Durant, at least to me, should be like the runaway comeback player of the year. You know, he's just... I I, I agree with that. If we're going to base it straight off of stats, but there's one other player that just came back, um, Karis LeVert. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't have an amazing statistic season is one thing, but... The fact that this guy has been able to get back on the court again, he's been having major injury after a health scare. And it's just like he's back on the court right now. And if you want to talk about comeback player, just just the sheer will and perseverance that it must take for him to to get his body prepared to be back on that court. Yeah. Forty five days, I believe, after he got a cancerous mass removed from his kidney. You know, like that is just that is not a joke. It's great to see him back on the court. And, and also, first game back, first game with the Pacers, right? Because he got traded from the Nets. And you know, it's funny in thinking about that because I keep talking about when I eventually go back to work, I'll be starting at boston.com. I'll be going to the Boston Globe building whoop, for the whoop, first whoop, time. Whoop. And I'm just like, man, I'll be lucky if I don't get on the train to BUR or something like that, like like uh-huh. and just like accidentally show up there on like some September day. Uh, right, I don't work here anymore. My bad. Yo, man, you you know what I'm saying you got you on a new team, new organization, and you did it your way. You know what I'm saying it's not like you got traded. You you got out there. There was offers. You know what I'm saying you're the man, man. I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> man, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. But okay, so let let's call halftime right now. Let's take a little break and get into something that I know we both enjoy, which is. Our signature segment, Cash and Trash. Cash and Trash, baby. Let's go. So, hey, I hear you got a couple of All-Star Weekend Cash or Trash related things. Since since we didn't talk about the All-Star Week last time, why don't you go ahead? So, I'm going to go with my trash first because I was really disappointed with this. And 
I didn't like the setup and it was just it was just it was just all bad. And I'm going with trash with the dunk contest. My my trash for this week is the dunk contest. Um trash. I don't know what happened. I don't I don't know. I, I really don't even know what to say. Like having the dunk contest during halftime of the game trash. was just I, I get the creativity and the idea, but for me. It just wasn't satisfying enough, one. Two, the participants, the competitors, uh, they did not bring it. Like, I'm watching high school players do way better dunks on a daily basis on Instagram every single day. So watching what I was seeing on the dunk contest was just absurd. I was flabbergasted. How, How did you feel? Yeah, ultimately, I just was not really enthused by the dunk contest at all. Um, and, and, you know, it, the, the funny thing, too, is, like, the moment that they hit Cassius Stanley with, like, what was it, like, a 44 or whatever? Or, like, a, was it, like, a 42? It was some kind of bogus right. score, like, right off yeah, the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a dunk that that I feel like, okay, you know, yeah, is it is it the, the most original dunk in the whole world? No, not necessarily, but that was a good dunk. Like, for a warm-up. Just to just to send a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. come on, man. That should have been that should have been a 48, 49, I feel like at, at least. You know, just, I mean, just for starters, just for the effect. Like, yeah, again, it's not the fact that the fact that we didn't see well, me personally, that I didn't scroll any social media feeds and see replay highlights of dunks says all you need to know about the dunk contest. Yeah, I mean, shout like, outs to the, shout outs to all the participants, and you know, for for, for participating, you get an A for effort. All right, no, 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 you get, you get a C plus for effort because <laughs> you guys are in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like again, I'm watching little kids do better layups. It, like you, you understand? Like it, this, this is great. Like Zion. Like we just, I don't know. But they're gonna have to do something well, for the NBA contest. Well, well, I, I think that like the idea of like Anthony Simons trying to get up there and kiss the rim was like, okay, that's it's kind of cool. Even though he wasn't able to do it, you know, it, it's like, all right, I understand. But it's like, how are you gonna get like they they gave that uh, listen, like a fifty I'm, or listen, whatever I'm it was. You, it's like, I'm that's telling a no, you, that's a no. For it's me. I've watched I've watched a player blow a candle out. You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna attempt to kiss the rim, you better kiss the rim. Like, uh, what what are we talking about? And this is what I'm this is what I'm saying. Like, first, we need to retire the under the leg dunk. Like, I'm tired of it. Get it out. It should have been retired after Vince Carter did it. Honestly, um, that that dunk contest with Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. That would that would. Okay. I mean, Jason Richardson now, did now, some some now, dope under on. the leg dunks. Yeah, too. yeah. No, see, that's why I was about you to know, say. Uh, I was like, Jason, uh, yeah, Richardson Jason Richardson moved it forward. He moved yeah, it forward. He did, Jason Richardson did some dope ones too. And you know, I'll give Zach, Zach Levine, Levine doing it between I'll, the legs I'm, I'm, I'm from just say, inside the free throw. Yeah, I'll give Zach Levine it for jumping from the free throw. But other than that. I don't want to see no more under the leg dunks. Unless we're going to be doing the double under the leg dunk, which nobody has done yet. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's so many dunks out there that I'm watching. I am so mad about this right now. It is early in the morning. Why? You got me angry talking about Yeah, this. no, this seriously. I got, I got you. I got you way too. I got you way too amped, my man. It's like, I can't right, even but... remember the players. It was so bad. I don't even remember the players' names that participated in it. It's just crazy. That, that's why I'm just going to move on. I'm gonna move on to my cash, right? I'm gonna move on to my cash. Unless you wanna do your trash too. So we just no, get all no, the go, trash. Go, out the go way. ahead, go ahead and, and, and hit actually you know what? Sure. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'll do some trash right now. Yeah, get, get the trash out the way. Let's just get all the trash out the way. So look, mine is not all-star weekend related. 
though if i if i had one it would have been on it would have been that probably but uh-huh. my trash Try. is this story coming out of oklahoma where you had a couple of high school basketball announcers trashing a girls high school basketball team for kneeling during the national anthem doing something they've done a couple of times already this season absolutely um, continuing the the protest for you know racial injustice and and i'm just like look man it's for you know and it's like oh well you know like we thought our mics were off or whatever and i'm just like the idea that they could have potentially you know not been punished for that just because nobody would have known what they said like it kind of sickens me honestly i i almost prefer in a way to have people like that you know front and center just let us know what you believe and then we'll deal with you later you know yeah. we'll, we'll cancel you or like what whatever it happens to be but it's like the idea that you're saying that about a couple of high school kids is it's infuriating to me um it's like it, it's disgraceful beyond words truthfully i feel and all then, those same behaviors man and at the and same then, time yeah and then you got the dude saying well you know sometimes i say things that are kind of crazy and off the wall uh when you know my when my blood sugar spikes because i'm a type 1 diabetic oh my God. diabetes does not make you racist dog no, just, no, yo just, it's crazy just, just stop it, just stop and it shows you it shows you to what extent people will avoid accountability and it shows you exactly how much work we still have to do in this world to fight this thing called racism i mean it's crazy and these guys are adults oh man it's it's like you said it's infuriating and, and i'm happy you decided to get all the trash out the way because man i you know if i was at that game and i heard that i don't know what i would have did Try. no man and then and then it's just like the thought of like my kid like potentially you know like being yeah that's what i'm thinking of like if that was stuff my like kid, that that's directed at man i don't even i don't even want to think about it definitely would have been. I definitely would have been angry. I definitely would have been angry, man. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been wild. But yeah, man. F those guys. That's horrible. You can't be doing stuff like that to innocent children. No, you know what sir. I'm no, sir. But and, look, and racism. Okay. Racism's wrong. So. Tuh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like I don't know what else. I don't. I don't really know what else we got to to say about that. Yeah, you know, it's so wild. Yeah, it's like it's like you know what what else you want us to say, man. Also, it's like for, it's for like it's you, like I'm waiting. It's almost like the next instance of, of us talking about racism on the show is going to be another instance of something crazy. And it's just going to be like, well, what do we have now? You know, like it, it just has to stop. It has it's, to stop. It's like, and, it's like, what's on your racist bingo card today? You know what I yeah, mean? Like, you know like, what who, like who you got? And for those of you who uh, have not listened to our show quite as much or, you know, uh, you know, just getting used to us and stuff like that, you know, we don't really do that whole stick to sports thing. So y'all are just going to have to ride with us on that. Uh, but fact. okay, let's get to some of let's the good some stuff. Cash. Let's, let's, <laughs> get, let's get to some cash. So, all right, let, let's get back to All-Star Weekend. What you got? All right, so this is what I got. First off, it was a whole sequence going into, I think, halftime. Um, that was kind of crazy. First, you have uh, Steph Curry catching the alley-oop from from Chris Paul and, and yes. dunking it. And then you have Chris Paul catching the alley-oop from Steph Curry. And I think Dame caught an alley in there too. Um, but the best part was the pull-up three-pointers from half court. 
one done by Steph Curry and one done by Dame Lillard. It's like, how on cue can you be? These guys are just showing you right there on the spot that they're the best three-point shooters in the game. Steph Curry even did a no-look three. I mean, I'm not talking about the entire All-Star game. I'm specifically talking about this moment because it was pretty pretty crazy to watch if you was watching the game live. It was just like, wow, this is happening. And then Kyrie came down. He caught a dunk yeah. there in the game. It's just like watching these point guards right now, you know, it's, it's definitely a special moment um, seeing all of them on the court. And just kind of thinking like, man, you know, in the next like five to 10 years, those guys aren't going to be there on that court playing basketball. We're really watching something special. And, you know, the yeah. game's in good hands. We got a lot of dope young players. But like, yeah, stuff like that's going to be happening. And that's that. That's the new standard. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting to see things that are coming in the in the future for the All-Star game. Absolutely. And you know what? The, the game itself, I feel like the game itself was more interesting and competitive the last three years, actually. Like, we actually had yeah. some, some you know, kind of like drama towards the end of games. Well, the format, you know? the format, the new format yeah. is just the, the thing. I mean, when, you, when you're competing and you have to beat the other team every quarter and it, it donates money to your favorite charity, that's that gives you kind of something to play for and you got you got you know if we would have had the fans in the stands this year kind of like the last couple of years they would have been there tear, cheering the, these teams on you know what i'm saying talking that trash and it's in it's in it, it like you said it does add that competitive edge absolutely you know and and i think that uh, on top of that right like if you're not going to have a competitive game necessarily you want moments like what you saw where you have the stars going back and forth at each other you got little guys dunking you know or like big guys pulling up from half court for three just something entertaining you know and i, and yep, I think yep. that they did they did an incredible job of like kind of still giving us that even though the game itself wasn't particularly interesting because like yeah it's that's memorable stuff that we could talk about like as i'm watching like this is fun like chris paul still dunking you know, yeah, crazy, Duncan, crazy. like, like, yeah, it's like, you don't really think about that. You know, they can do it and have done it in the past. Right. But it's not it's not necessarily something that, that you that you consider. Um, One thing that's going under the radar is um, GM LeBron James these last few years. I mean, this guy's put together some. Yeah, put together some monster teams. And if he ever decides to own a basketball team and be a GM be and sick. call the shots, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for those of you who don't know, this man has not lost an All Star game since they went to the captains format, where you can pick your own teams. So, uh, yeah, it's like take take that for what it's worth. Uh, but, but yeah, people already have give you know, people already talk about him like that. You know that he picks his own teams and stuff like that. Um, in in regular basketball that, you know, he secretly runs all the operations. Like, I've never got into that whole thing. But you also know, you got to know that a superstar of LeBron James's magnitude is always going to have some input on the roster. And I think it's just interesting because the man knows how to, how to identify talent and, and pick winners. So, yeah, I would not at all be surprised to see him get into the ownership game one day. And, uh, and and really kind of put together a team that put together some some teams that could be pretty good. Uh, so what you got for on, cash? Yo, know, so so getting through my getting onto my cash. Uh, this is from last night. Anthony mm -hmm. Edwards. We talked about our boy Anthony Edwards a couple of times here. You know, trying trying to make a case for Rookie of the Year still and all that. 
But this man hit a three on Melo and then hit him with with Melo's three sign. Now, yeah, crazy. crazy. I, I love it. I love, I love it. it too. I love, I love the, it. Too. I love the pettiness. You know what I mean? I, I love the kind of going back and forth and kind of, uh, you know, sticking it a little bit to the older guys or telling the younger guys, like, this is still my game. You know, that little yeah, I don't bit of see competition. It. Yeah, yeah, I don't I see it, it as disrespect. I don't see it as disrespect at all. I see it as kind of like, a, I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the yeah. league. You in the league. We in the league. What's up? You hitting threes? I'm hitting threes. That's, that's what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. that's just that. You know what I'm saying? As long as at the end of the game and during the game, you know, there's actual respect being shown. Um, I'm I'm all for this type of this type of competitive uh edge and 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 uh display from Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's kind of earned the right to do that. He's dunking on people and ending their careers like that, you know? Uh, he, he should be able to do things. He, he, has to, he has to keep that same energy. Absolutely. Uh, but real quick, I do want to shout out one Carmelo Anthony uh, mm-hmm. for now being 11th all-time in scoring in NBA history just past the dream Hakeem Olajuwon. That's pretty dope. Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. But listen, man, let's get back to these Brooklyn Nets. I want us to just end the rest of the episode talking nothing but Brooklyn Nets. Let's just spend the next 15, 20 minutes talking Brooklyn Nets and what do we expect to be going on? I mean, they started the season coming in with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, right? I remember remember our first episode, we talked Mm -hmm. about the Brooklyn Nets after they played against the Celtics. Or was our second episode? It was one of the first episodes. Uh, and of, of this season, of season two of I Think I Know Basketball that you're listening to with me, Marquise and Kyrie, one of the best basketball podcasts out there. Um, but I remember them destroying the Boston Celtics and me having to come on to this podcast and humble mm-hmm. myself. You know what I'm saying? Really humble myself. And so they beat him again, too. They just uh, did. We, I wasn't even going to bring that up. I wasn't going to bring that up. But okay. right, I had to do it. I had to do it. And they did. And they did that without Kevin Durant on the floor. Oh, God. You know, much more, Jesus, much more, stop, much, much more, com- God, much more thought, competitive I, game. Much more competitive game, but just no I thought, KD. Listen, I thought it was friends. I thought it was friends. Let's move past Get, those Getting games. into this sport, getting into the sports writing game. Like, you know, you become heartless and cold. You know, oh, stuff like man. that. So I'm, I, I'm sorry, I, I bro. see. I I'm, see. I'm, cha- I'm changing on you. I'm changing on you. Okay, so then we have this whole thing that happens with Kyrie Irving, mental health. He's not playing. He he disappears on the team. This is also happening while out in Houston. James Harden is saying he wants to trade. Yeah. Everybody was kind of assuming that James Harden was definitely going to be traded. And it just felt like, for whatever reason, Brooklyn was the place for him to go. Okay, so uh, maybe I was sitting under a rock because I didn't think he was going to Brooklyn. I I just thought that that just wasn't going to happen. And then it happened. I feel like we talked about it, though. Like, we 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 talked about it on the show. And we we were just kind of like, you know what, man? Like, like, for whatever reason, like, Brooklyn just seems to make some weird sense because, because, right, we talked about Philly, right, being a possibility. And it's just what? you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I like, thought that, I didn't there? see him going to Philly. I definitely didn't see him going to Philly. I did. I did think that. I did think that Brooklyn. You're right. I did think that Brooklyn was possible. I did think that Brooklyn was possible. So he ends up on Brooklyn, right? So yeah. he ends up there. They got their big three. They're playing. You know what I'm saying? And then we haven't really got a chance to 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 really see them. You know that that's when we get into to where we're at now. You know the the big threes only had seven games together, and now over the All Star break. 
they end up getting Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Talk see, to me this, about this, Kyrie. See, Talk see, to me about is, this. I don't understand this is thing, yeah. what is going on. Yeah, it's, what is going on here? Who are they well, going to get next? <laughs> it's, 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 that, that's probably it. Right, they have until they have what ten days until the trade deadline. I believe the trade who, deadline. Who are they going to get March next? March twenty fifth. So, so that that's a fair question. The they're going to get Michael Beasley. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah. I I feel like that's something that I'm trying to figure out here. Though is like, what what is Blake Griffin going to do for them? Because here's the thing: like, they're in turn they they can score the basketball like no other team in the league really like i think i think that as of right now they're they're the number one team in offensive rating in the league if they're not number one they're number two they were number one uh the last time i checked um yeah but they're also like a bottom five defensive rating type team so you know what you know what they're about you know they're not necessarily like gonna gonna lock you down over a whole game or anything like that they're gonna score on you in waves and you're just not going to be able to keep pace with them for the most part. Like, unless you're just, you know, shooting crazy threes. Like if you're a Utah jazz type team that just is just going to be killing people with three pointers like that, that is that that's how you can keep pace with the team like the nets. Yeah. But again, yeah. when it comes down to it, it's like, it's not just about threes with them. Like, yeah, they have good three point shooters, right. They have like, like it's kind of envious, honestly, they have Joe Harris and Landry Shamit, which are two yeah. big time Landry three Shamit point shooters. Was going uh, off the other night. I, I really like Landry Shamit. I always have like ever since he was with Wichita state. Um, and, and so you got, you got those guys that can come in and space the floor for you. And then you just, you, you just have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, who just naturally can do that. They can pull up from anywhere. I mean, anytime. and those three, those three players are literally three of the top individual offensive players in the league. Like they can get, like you said, get their shot, pull up on you anytime, but they can get their shots wherever and however they want. I'm, I'm just, Where, I'm just like trying to think like who, who are you taking individually above any of those guys that are not, that are, that are not them, that are, that are James not Harden's, one of them. James Harden is one of the best pastors in the NBA. We all know this. I mean, and the fact that him and Kyrie have come to an understanding that James is going to be the one and Kyrie is going to be the two as far as point guard, shooting guard, is just like, to me, the type of stuff that's going to need to happen in order for them to win championships. But again, you say, what, you say, what is Blake Griffin going to bring to this team? I think that he may be that piece that makes it stick all together. He's going to ease up some pressure on the three, on the big three. He's Blake Griffin is not just some role player. He was once a superstar on the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Clippers. We're talking Log yeah. City. You know what I'm saying? This guy is getting paid $70 million. I mean, he just gave some money back to go play with the Brooklyn Nets. He's not some bum. I think he adds some size. Um, now it's not just all on DeAndre Jordan and their bench players to actually get out there and and rebound and and bang down low with the bigs. Blake Griffin also is a big that stretches the floor. He yes. he's not just yeah. a big that he's not just a pop and shoot big. He has a little bit of handles. He can take you off the dribble. He can post up. You have the ability to now pick and roll with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, if you're Kyrie Irving, or if you're the amazing passer, James Harden. 
These are things that are going to be interesting on the offensive end for the Brooklyn Nets. But the defensive end... Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, To that point about Blake Griffin stretching the floor, a little little statistic for you. Blake Griffin's... He's only shooting, like, what, 36, 36.5% from the field this season. But he's made 44% of his wide-open threes. So basically, to me... That is that that that's how the Brooklyn Nets are going to try to use him. They're going to use him as like a small ball center, you know, so they'll they'll pair him with one or two of those big three dudes coming off the bench or something like that. Um, And then he is he's basically going to be like, look, we're going to draw the attention. You go sit in the corner or top of the key or whatever. You shoot threes. That's going to be your thing. And then, you know, help with the playmaking because he can play make too. So, but, but yeah, it's like, he's not necessarily going to offer you a whole lot defensively. He's, he's never really been a great defensive player. And I mean, he's not one now after, you know, kind of all the injury issues. So again, it's like another one of those, look, we know who we are. We are, we are going to try to destroy you offensively and then defensively we'll just do just enough. Um, now they do happen to have an interesting defensive piece that was, that was written about, uh, recently, like kind of wondering what's going to happen to him in this rotation and that's Nicholas Claxton. So I actually saw a little bit of him the other day against the Celtics and like, interesting, like kind of like, I, I hadn't seen that much of him before, but he's, he's a, he's a, another just like long lanky dude who can switch everybody. He plays with really nice energy. And yep, I think that yep. he's kind of like a guy that he's still got, he's got to get some minutes. Like you can't just completely shelve him because he's one of the most versatile defensive pieces that you've got. And I he's think young. Like I read he's something young. that, yeah. And I think they, I read something that like they're outscoring opponents by like 17, you know, like it's plus minus like 17 points or something like that. When, like when he's in the game, it's like, that's that's huge. You know, they're going mean? like, to need they're going to need players like him to come in off the bench and bring some energy and some defensive enthusiasm to the game. Right. Yeah. And if he can do that for the Brooklyn Nets in times where Kyrie Irving and James Harden are missing assignments and people are getting wide open shots. And before those guys start pointing the finger and blaming at each other, because that's the, to me, that's the stuff that can really bring this team down is all the petty stuff on the defensive end. Offensively, I don't really think that they're going to have any issues. Like, I think that they all respect each other as high IQ, high level offensive basketball players. Right. But on the defensive end, if they don't do what they got to do and hold each other and themselves accountable, they're really, really going to mess up. And that's where players like Nicholas Claxton are going to come in. And if he can do exactly what I said, provide some defense off the bench, some high energy and some enthusiasm, man, it's going to be crazy. So, and so, yeah, so check out these stats. So it's a small sample size. He's only played 93 minutes this year because he's been, he's been injured, but the Nets have outscored opponents by 17.3 points per hundred possessions when he's on the court. So it's Mm. like, that's pretty nice. You know what I mean? So, so basically he, he, he is, he is that guy that, uh, you know, like he, he's, he's got, he's got to play. He's got to get some minutes, even yeah. with all of this, uh, even, even with all this star power on the team, because I feel like, I feel like they need that. It's like, it's not like he's, he's got to be like an integral part where he's got to play like, you know, 30 minutes a game or something like that, but just, just a nah. little bit of time. 
Um, but there is space so, for him. When there, there's minutes out there for him, man. There's minutes. Oh, yeah. Steve Nash, Steve Nash got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I mean, everything else has been going right, more or less, for Brooklyn. So why why wouldn't that go right? They just have an embarrassment of riches on that team. To that point, who can really challenge them? Now I'm talking like I'm just just period. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, who can who can really stop this team when fully engaged from just um, walking to a title? You know, oh man, this is a this is a real question, and I don't think I think that okay on paper, no one, right? No on yeah, paper, yeah, no think, one. When you when you're big so. four is Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, if you throw in the fifth and you're, that you're starting five. That's a – DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, who've played together, who they was they was Lob City. <laughs> like, you know, the only person missing there is Chris Paul. So yeah. there's not a lot of chemistry that needs to be made there. Um, it's like, I'll kinda, take James Harden. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, Exactly, right? You know, he's, he's, he's excited about throwing the lob. Um. I think that when you look at them on paper, there's no team that can really mess with them. But when you look at them in terms of, I don't want to say chemistry, but just keeping it together and togetherness, I do think that there's some wild cards. You know what I'm saying? I think that, uh, you know, I, and I don't, I don't want to feel like and sound like I'm picking on Kyrie, but mm. he's a wild card. You know what I'm saying? His emotions affect the team. And I'm saying that because I got a real dose of that in Boston. And yeah, you see kind of dealing with Celtics. the roller coaster of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's outside of the injuries and stuff like that. So um on paper, there's not really a team that can mess with them. But if we're talking about everything else, I still think people like, you know, the Celtics, you know, have a chance uh to at, at winning some games. Can they beat them in a seven-game series in the playoffs? You know, I, you know, everything would have to go right. The Lakers, I think that the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers playing each other in the NBA Finals, I don't just necessarily give that to the to the Nets. Um, LeBron James is on the other side of that court, and yeah. you can't count him out. So, and if they have a healthy AD. And they have a nice team too, and a nice support. That, that's that's well. really what it's all about, though. It's all about AD's health. Yeah, because it I is. But that, but they have they have yeah. a team that forces the Nets to play defense, real defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. And, see and they also Blake happen Griffin. to be. I don't see Blake Griffin stopping Anthony Davis. Well, no, no, no. I mean, th- th- and that that's the thing, right? Like, when you think about some of the the matchups. Like it still definitely tips in Brooklyn's favor and certain because they just have so much firepower. But I think when when you're talking about those matchups, right? Like who's gonna who's gonna stop Anthony Davis? Who do you put on him? Because DeAndre Jordan's not gonna do anything with Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's bigger than him, but Anthony Davis could just dribble around him like a traffic cone. And you know? Montrez Harrell, he's gonna give Blake Griffin some type of problems. You know what I'm saying? Blake Griffin's not just gonna lock him down, and he's no. not no punk well, I mean, either. Trez, so he's Trez gonna, is. Yeah. Trez is a bull, you know, and and I think that he's yeah he he would absolutely you know be a factor and stuff like that. You know, there's there's a number of of uh, you know matchups that could you know that, that the Lakers could take advantage of, even even though the the Nets would have you know kind of the most firepower, I would say still. 
Um, mm-hmm. because I think that that's still like you're you're you've got it's three versus two in terms of you know top flight elite players, you know what I mean? Like still, right? Because I don't I wouldn't consider Blake Griffin still elite. Like he could still be good if he's healthy, I think. Um he but, can still but put I up a 40 point game, you know what I'm saying? Blake can still give so. you a 40 piece. I don't want to, when was his last one? I got, now, now we got to look that up for homework. But I think that, yeah, I, I, I think that, and again, if it were a team like the Jazz somehow, I, I don't think that the Jazz are going to make the finals. But I'm just saying, like, if they did, if for some reason they were able to make the finals. Yo, um, you got to put some respect be- on the Utah Jazz. We can't be out here just, we can't be out here disrespecting the Utah Jazz like everybody. I, I never picked them to play with in any basketball game either. And, but, but that doesn't go to say that they don't deserve some respect. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm just, but I'm just saying if, if a team like them made the finals, I could see that being a possible challenge just because, because of their shooting and the fact that Brooklyn's not really going to do all that to, to guard them every single possession, they're still going to get yeah. open looks and they're going to, and they're going to score a lot of, a lot of points. So that would be an interesting shootout. I just think that again, when it comes down to it, especially when you're talking about Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant, you've got a couple of guys that they don't need to shoot threes to score. They can score from anywhere. As a matter of fact, they score tons from the mid range. Like they can, yeah. they can score anywhere, anyhow, anytime you don't need a system. Like they're just better than you. And I feel yeah. like that's something that in the end, right. It's just, it's hard to, it, it's hard to, you know, shove stuff like that away. But at the same time, you could say the same thing about teams like the Lakers or the Clippers. They also have guys that can just score from anywhere and, and just and just do their thing. So and, and I guess we shouldn't we shouldn't just not talk about the Clippers, even though the Clippers got clipped by the New Orleans Pelicans yesterday because Zion is a beast, you know, oh, man. And, and, and stuff. So you got you got to talk about, you know, are these Clippers for real? Um, but but I think that if a team like that made the finals against Brooklyn, that would be interesting too. Yeah, man. Well, I think that that's a good space for us to wrap it up. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie, and you've been listening to I Think I Know Basketball. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>